I mean, you're fresh off the hype right now, bro. No, so shit's still it's still popping off. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, my followers on Instagram are still growing. What uh, did you go was, from? Like, what were you at before the fight, and what are you at now? I was at twelve hundred, uh-huh. I think. Now I'm at fifteen, and it's still like every day. Like I check my phone in the mornings, and it's just like five new, five. What? New. Yeah, and right after the fight, when ESPN posted that shit, it was like yeah, probably like. 350 right off the get-go damn yeah it was was it was dope too like the whole production when it popped off i was like damn that fool looks so dope you like that (laughs) the the penguin flex i was like i was like oh my god this was a bad motherfucker this was a pro boxer ladies and gentlemen sit back relax i am podcast poppy and you are tuned into a brand new episode of quarter life crisis starting right now JJ on the mic Hey, yo. What? You're here. <laughs> so you got to be living on cloud nine right now, bro. Yep, absolutely. What the fuck happened? You uh, like flipped and you were down and did you go down to Vegas? Yeah, I, I took the fight on five days notice. How the fuck does that work out? <laughs> I mean, it worked. It worked yeah, yeah. out. It worked out real well. Um, I, don't know, I work with uh, Terry Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, he works with Let's Get It On Promotions. He's the founder of it. And he hit me up. Uh, was that two Saturdays ago now? Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I might have a fight for you. You know, mm-hmm. nothing set in stone yet. I'm going to talk to the matchmaker at top rank and right. see if we can make this thing happen. But you've been in the gym, right? Yeah. Every goddamn day. So do you always stay in fighting shape or don't, don't you usually do like a camp if you would? Right. I, that's preferred. Right. If, right. You know, I, you know, if I could find out, two months in advance, three months in advance. Mm-hmm. That way I could kind of plan my training regimen, right. find out who I'm fighting, how I'm going to train for this guy. But it's it's almost been a whole fiscal year since I fought. That's and right. Because the last time you fought, you broke your hand? I didn't break my hand, but there's definitely some injury going on, right, some right. tendons. You had to take a break? Yeah. Where was your last fight at? Uh, it was here in town, uh, here in Reno town. Sparks Convention Center. That's right. Was that your first fight in Vegas? Yep. Whoa, bro. Yep. So did you fly down there? You drive down there? Your family go? Like, what? Uh, you just top, pack up and go? Uh, yeah, well, packed up and went, but top rank booked our flights, booked uh-huh. hotel, and just flew us down there to take care of us. Who'd you go down there with? Uh, just my trainer, Pat Jefferson. Yeah. 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 How, so when you found out about the dude, did you get to, like, know anything about this fucking guy you're about to fight? Well, I mean, his name got dropped uh, when they told me that I might be fighting if he right. accepted the contract, so... Tried researching him, and with low-level fighters, mm-hmm. um, I even myself, well, myself now, is, I'm kind of blowing up. Right, but right. Uh, low-level fighters, you can't really find much, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of smart in the game to not have any film of yourself, yeah. You know, so no one can study you. Right, so I right. could, That's I fair. couldn't find anything, but I knew he was an MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah. And had one, or yeah, one pro fight in boxing, and apparently knocked the dude out. Really? But the guy wasn't good. Right, right. Yeah. Were you nervous at all? Fucking two weeks, dude. I feel like, <laughs> isn't that like, it, that's not, that's not usual, right? No, no. God, no. Um, uh, the fact that I was in the gym mm-hmm. consistently training, because they tried getting me a fight on ESPN Summer Series okay. uh, in July, 
Right. And I just I wasn't in shape. Right. You know, I had recently got back from an injury, so mm-hmm. took a couple months off and just said I wasn't ready. But mm-hmm. after I found out that I could be fighting at any moment in July, I just kept hopped training. in the gym and just kept on keeping on. Dude, that is that is wild, bro. So that fool only had one fight, one pro fight under his belt. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he had I think uh, seven pro MMA fights. Uh-huh. So I mean, he had some experience, but yeah. not. Boxing. It didn't look like it. <laughs> it did not look like it in the fight because I was like, uh, I didn't watch it live, right? Because I wasn't able to, and uh, but I was texting uh, Zach, and he was. I was like, man, what's going on? He's like, yeah, the fight's over. I'm like, what? Because how long did the fight last? Uh, minute twenty seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Just beat the. Did you knock him out? The ref stopped it. The ref stopped it. I knocked as him. he should have. Yeah. It was, it was bad. Yeah. I mean, he, so I knocked him down with the left hook. He right. was perfectly set yeah, up. Yeah, Jabbed over to his uh, right side, so he'd slip to the inside, uh-huh. dropped a right to his body so his hands would come down, and then just tossed the left hook. Right. And he just fell for every single part of that combination, which yeah. is kind of, it's not a basic combination, but he just fell for everything and clipped uh-huh. him with the hook, and it dropped him. Uh-huh. And, you know, ref sends me to the neutral corner. And gives him an eight count. When he stands up, I see him almost fall over. So in my head right then and there, I was like, I'm going to kill this yeah. motherfucker right now. I'm going to this fool <laughs> yep. rush. Exactly. So I, I went in there a little more intense, put some more umph on my punches because uh-huh. I was complete opposite of my game plan. I wanted to feel him out the first round, just yeah, yeah. establish a jab, move around. But as soon as I knew that he was hurt, it was game over for him. So how does a short notice fight like that happen? Did did who he was going to fight fall through or did whoever his manager was, were they just trying to do a last minute fight? Were they trying to fill the card or how does that work? Exactly. So, I mean, it could be all of those things, but in this case, uh, they were just trying to fill the card. Okay. Uh, the undercard was, uh, Baranchik. He was, he's a junior welterweight Russian and, uh, shit, he lost, he lost to the dude. I forgot who he fought, uh, but, um, how was, many people were on the card? How many fights? There's eight. There's eight, eight fights. Yeah. Where was it at? MGM? MGM Grand, baby. Isn't that like the dream, right? That MGM is, the dream. is like that's the I mean, I don't I don't know a ton about boxing, but yeah, MGM, that's like the Floyds, the 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 Tysons, that's where it's hitting, right? Yeah, exactly. And right now that's the only boxing hotspot because mm-hmm. that's where they keep the bubble. Right. Like, that's where all the fighters fly to. That's the central location to get on these cards, these yeah. big cards. So how does so how does how does it work prepping for a fight with COVID? Like how does how do they how do they run it? Because there's no fans, right? Mm-hmm. And limited people there. Like, what was that like? Oh, so you're talking the bubble? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, not much. Let's just say, like, 90% of my Vegas experience, just, you know, winning the fight and, you know, just being in that atmosphere, I spent 90% of my time in my hotel room. Fuck. <laughs> So yeah. it was like the dream, but a very strange. Yeah, restricted house arrest dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do you have to get a COVID test, obviously, before you go, right? Yeah. So we test before we fly out, mm-hmm. and then every single night after dinner, and they shuttled us to go get dinner. You uh, couldn't. You couldn't be on your we, own. We couldn't or go like anywhere. That? We couldn't leave our floor. Um, and then when we did, it was to go eat right. or go to Wayne's or physicals. Mm-hmm. And they took, we had to take service elevators, a designated elevator, uh, then down to the shuttle the shuttle took us to a quarantine area where we get physicals, eat our food, right. shuttled right back. Up Couldn't even be room. close to general population. Oh, hell no. Nope. And then, uh, every night, 6 PM get tested every night. They tested you every, every night? Every night. How many days were you down there? Just down there for... 
four days, three nights. Jesus. Yeah. What and is that why you only went with your trainer? Because they can only take exactly. They, they want they want to limit as many people as possible. Weird. Yeah. So what's I'm, it? What's it usually like? I have no idea. It's the first time I fought in right. Vegas. Like I'm sure I'm sure that it's you know a lot more hustle and bustle. You know uh-huh. people are staying wherever, mm-hmm. uh, going down to the casino floor and whatnot. Right. But they were very very like which you know I'm grateful for because you know less exposure to COVID nineteen. Yeah. Because usually you you can go out and kind of like. Not like promote yourself, but you're out with the people. You're doing a fight, like yeah. there's a show. It's all yeah, lights, camera, can come action. Watch and, yeah. You know, and people that are just in the casino, not even wanting to go to a fight, might think it's a good idea and just buy some tickets and check it out. And boom, there you go, some fans. What about being in an empty arena? <laughs> That's that, that was that was kind of weird. It kind of just me, feel like you were in fucking practice or yeah, sparring. Yeah, exactly. It felt like it was bringing it back to the amateur days when yeah. no one's really watching you fight. Right, right. You know, and. You could see there's a moment in the fight. I mean, I'm pretty sure they play background noise uh-huh. when it's on television, but um, there's a point where you see him pressuring me, which is that's that's how I wanted to fight. Mm-hmm. And then you see him back away without throwing any punches. And that's because I heard his corner say, hey, don't chase him. You know, let him come to you. Right. So you can hear everything. Yeah. That's good. When yeah, you when you're usually fighting, can you usually hear their corner, or are you so like zoned in that you don't hear their oh, corner? Yeah, I can hear my trainer uh-huh. and the referee, and that's about it. When there's when there's a crowd, right? But when there's what a fucking trip, dude. Yeah. That's like bittersweet, right? Yeah. Exactly. Do you feel like Do you feel like you got robbed of the experience at all? Uh, oh, no, not so much of the experience, because yeah. you know when I'm in the ring, um, as soon as that bell goes off. It's just me and him. Like I, right. I can tune the crowd out. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't get amped up when people are cheering louder and louder, mm-hmm. or if, you know something's getting tense. Uh, that's all tuned out. I can only hear my trainer and the ref. Yeah. But I mean, the only thing I lost out on is probably walking or fans that walk by or decide to pop in and yeah, yeah. you know watch the fights early. And you beat the shit out of this fool in a minute and thirty seconds, <laughs> and then they just call the fight and it's just silent. You're just like, all right. Yeah, exactly. And then you walk out. There's no post fight interview. You just it's just quiet you yeah. go back get your check yeah. and then head back to the locker room which what? actually works some mitts with my trainer afterwards because i feel like i didn't get enough <laughs> <laughs> what's it what's it like like dude what's the what's the mgm arena like like were you just like i can only imagine it's like if you're a basketball player playing at madison square garden right so yes and no um they're they're in the convention center so uh-huh. i don't think that's and it's it's a lot more enclosed okay. than you think. Like obviously you see all the screens up there. Yeah, all that shit takes up a lot of space. Uh-huh. And then the opposite side are just socially distanced officials and TV people. So, Trippy. Yeah. So everything just looks enclosed. I mean, it's not it's not like a huge arena like what it could be or what it used to be. Yeah. There's no seating. There's now, no point. When you go into camp, isn't like the last like week or two you kind of take it easy in camp, right? Yeah. The last week you you know any sparring you don't want to have any you know blood vessels popped in your nose or so what did so did you just like you train for a week and well i mean so so i had been in the gym since july just you know waiting and hoping that i'd Uh have a fight Uh um and then when they say oh yeah fights a go Mm -hmm. i had actually just got done with a photo shoot where i had to do a shit ton of pull-ups and i was sore as fuck (laughs) and then my trainer was like do we want to spar one more day i mean it's the week of the fight i mean could you use it and not get hit Uh uh-huh like, yeah, sure. I mean, the last week is all about just weight cutting. So right. I'm, I sparred one day early on in the week. What'd you fight at? Uh, 145. 145. That's what the contracted weight was. Uh-huh. Homeboy came in almost five pounds over. Really? Yeah. Did he cut it? 
Uh, so yeah, how does that work? Did he weigh in over? Yeah, isn't he like, weighed. Isn't he, that like you're done? <clears throat> you don't get to fight. So yes and no. So uh, he weighed in one forty nine point six, and I was one forty four. You know, a pound under the contract weight. Um, and then we do the live weigh in, so everyone sees us weigh in and whatnot. And then um, afterwards, one the matchmaker for top rank uh-huh. uh, pull us in the room and said, "Hey, we got to redo this contract. Do you still want to fight?" Because like, because of, of his weight. Exactly. And like I, I went down to the fight. Right. There was no way I wasn't going to fight. Yeah, and like four pounds isn't going to stop you from fighting that. Exactly. Far. Didn't do much for him. No, not at all. Yeah. And but honestly, he drained himself. Like when you're trying to cut that much weight in that little a time, uh-huh. you want to do it slow or fight near your yeah. walk around weight, because then it's just super unhealthy. And I guess he sat in a sauna suit the whole drive to Vegas from Bakersfield. Fuck Bakersfield. Yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Hot yeah. as shit. Yeah, so, and he couldn't even sweat that out, so I knew the next day he was going to be drained. Uh-huh. Um, he came in weighing, like, 160-plus. Damn. And I came in weighing, like, 150. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, I mean, I know that wrestlers be, like, really putting themselves in a jeopardizing situation, and I know at the start when UFC really started to pop, people were cutting, like, crazy weight. I know it's in boxing, obviously, too, but that could, like, make or break a fight, right, if you don't exactly. do it properly? Exactly. Do you think that was That's a big part of why... He was he got his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. his whole body's just fatigued, He's and like, done-zo. you know, you you can do shit to your body where you can recover in twenty four hours, like a small weight cut, you know, uh-huh. two three pounds of just dehydration the night before weigh-ins. Yeah. But I mean, when you're trying to cut, you know, seven pounds in one day, which I've done before, and it sucks. Yeah. It's it's just terrible for you, and the next day you just feel like shit. If you if you once you weigh in, like when's the lot li- when's the live weigh-in? Like when people are, get to be there, uh, twenty four hours before, and then you get to do whatever you want, right? You can eat whatever you want. Yep. Is it? Do you do you go out and eat, or do you stay close to the regimen that you were dieting nah, before? No, definitely stay close to the regimen. You don't want to just go crazy. Cause yeah, like fucking same. eat a bunch of McDonald's and shit. Exactly, because Chad I, Johnson. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, and then you just want to rehydrate because most of that weight that you're cutting is water weight. Yeah. So, so you haven't fought in a year. Just about a little yeah. bit under a year. Now, what did uh, when the country really started to get shut down at the end of at the end of March, mm-hmm. what did that do to boxing? Uh, it halted everything, like, like dead stop, dead stop, just uh, like all a- the other sports. A- exactly, yeah, amateurs, pros, mm-hmm. um, even all the gyms. Yeah, you know, you have to shut down. I mean, you can't really stay socially distanced when you're when boxing. You're boxing, yeah, exactly. So, I <laughs> yeah. mean, er- early on, it it sucked just because everything was just closed mm-hmm. and everyone was just in purgatory so know. how'd you work out run run shit yeah. ton of running and um thankfully i had access to my gym mm-hmm. so i mean obviously no sparring but bag work you yeah. know trying to just stay crisp on my drills yeah and you just got to do what you can when did they start um dropping cards again you know what i mean uh i think it was er it was during the summer because that's when ESPN came out with the summer series. They found that loophole where, you know, you get tested every day. There's yeah, a yeah. bubble, quarantine fighters and whatnot. And now all the fights are in Vegas. Pretty, pretty much, much, yeah. All pro um, fights. All top top rank. Top rank ESPN, all of Bob Arum's guys. Yeah. Um, they're all fighting down there. Uh, I know Showtime, DAZN, mm-hmm. uh, Golden Boy, they they have their own fights elsewhere. I have no idea. I so, now you're top th- rank. so now you're 3-0. and Uh-huh. Undefeated. Swag you, but so is it like as you start to climb the rank, like you said, you're kind of starting to pop off right now. Mm-hmm. Is it your record in pros more, or is it who you have fought, or a mixture of both? 
it's a mixture of both. So obviously a three and zero record looks really good, but you know that thing climbs up to ten and zero. But you've only been fighting chumps, right. and you don't have the right marketing and backing behind you. That ain't gonna mean shit. I guarantee you, there's plenty of ten and zero fighters right now. Uh-huh. But you'll be hearing of you know whatever, Ryan Garcia or all uh-huh. these big names because they're marketing right. Yeah. So you know that that's the point of the stage where I'm at now. I'm trying to just market myself more and more, get my name out there. Yeah. And you know just that uh, knockout that I had, ESPN put it or Top Rank put it on their Instagram, and it's got like fifty three thousand hits. Really? Yeah. Followers just climbing. Is that your biggest hit? Yeah. Oh, so, your profile is probably booming, huh? Yeah. I on mean, social it, media yeah. and, and, like, getting contacted and stuff oh, like that? Oh, yeah, dude. After the fight, my I could, my phone died without me even looking at it because of how many notifications no. I was getting. I know, I know. I, yeah. I Well, I was seeing uh, I was seeing in Facebook shit, just everyone here locally. Yeah. Was just blowing you up. Yup, and Shay, shout out to the 775, yo. Oh. <laughs> they had my back. They were blowing it up. That is lit. I even saw people. I was looking. I even saw Mikey hit you up. Yeah, yeah. Me and yeah. Mikey were talking. I was actually messaging him uh, when I was cutting weight the night before, and he's uh-huh. like, "Yo, how much more you got to lose?" Because I posted that sauna, that homemade sauna video. Right, right. I saw that. <laughs> and yeah, we we're just you know texting a little bit. And yeah, yeah. He was giving me some pointers on uh, how to cut. That fool is uh, that fool's fucking down at Tyson Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. What? That lucky some bitch. Dude. <laughs> That is so crazy, bro. Just had a kid, and he's like out there. He's he was sparring with Mike Tyson. Yeah, what a mind fuck, bro. I hope you're listening to this, Mikey. <laughs> oh, Mikey, you fucking better listen to this. I'll text his ass and tell him to make sure to listen to it. But would you do that? Would you spar Mike Tyson? God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying that. Bro, That's my I inner masochist. Even, <laughs> I don't even think I would spar you, let alone Mike fucking Tyson, bro. I do it just to say I did it, and I know he's gonna pay me. Yeah, you know that's what it's about now. Do you think? Money. Do you think Mikey's getting paid working out down there? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that how, how? Is that how it works? So if you're if you're fighting like or sparring upper level pros, like guys that can actually put you in the hospital and hurt you during sparring, yeah, they're, yeah. they're paying your ass. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I can only imagine the type of people he's fighting down there, and just to be on Tyson Tyson Ranch. Yeah. And I was watching. Uh, I was watching Mike Tyson on the Joe Rogan. Um, after he announced that he's going to fight Roy Jones Jr. Uh, and uh, he did a he did a podcast with him months before. And, you know, Mike Tyson, like, found inner peace. You know, he yeah. kind of started smoking weed, and he really leveled out and reflected on his life. And he was just, like, this docile human being. Mm-hmm. And in the in the two podcasts ago with him, he was like, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm scared to awaken this monster, you know, the old Mike Tyson. Yeah. And then he was talking about how he got on a treadmill and it was fucking, it was a wrap after that. Like he got on a treadmill, he was getting fat. So he did it for like 20 minutes a day, turned into two hours. And then he started getting back in the gym and then listening to him. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, Mike Tyson is, is going to fight again. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Roy Jones Tyson fight? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I mean, it, it's literally, you got two different aspects of boxing. Way clashing. different. You got some slickness. Different. Yeah. Like, you got to appreciate Roy Jones Jr.'s slickness. Yeah. And, oh, man. Head but, movement like I've never seen. Yeah, but then Mike Tyson's just bulldog, just pit bull yeah. style, where it's just all fucking tight defense, slipping around, just trying to pressure, 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 yeah. pressure, and take your fucking head off. What do you think's going to happen? Oh man! Honestly, I think Jones is gonna get killed. I think I th- I think that's gonna be the case. Mike Tyson is just gonna fucking destroy him or take you know because I mean Roy Jones, he's always been the slickest mm-hmm. or one of the slickest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, old age. Yeah. You know your your reaction time is not gonna be as good. You yeah. Know, your body's not just gonna be all there, but 
he's seen Mike Tyson's strength, so he's still got it. Yeah. Isn't that, that's usually the, that's why like a lot of heavyweights are kind of like, not like flabby, but they don't look like those lean, like Vander Holyfield styles. Cause usually power is the last thing to go, right? Yeah. Like you can hold on to power for a long time. Oh yeah. And have you seen videos of Tyson training? Mm Mm-hmm. What? Still nasty. Dude, I, feel I don't bad see for a difference. <laughs> I feel bad if his pad holder. Oh. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> tendons and ligaments are just There's a couple <laughs> there's a couple videos of, of him almost hitting his trainer. Oh. Like doing a couple combos and his trainer just barely gets out of the way of like a hook or something oh, like that. God. But he literally like there's side by side videos on YouTube of him training and hitting the bag when he was like in his prime mm-hmm. and then him training now. And there's obviously a difference, but not like to an untrained eye, I wouldn't see any difference. He's yeah. fast as fuck. Yeah. Still. Still scary. Smash in the back. <laughs> I feel like Roy Jones has got to be watching this like, oh my God, dude. Like, what did I sign up for? What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> the baddest motherfucker in the world for years is now out of retirement. How Do you know how old he is? He's like 55 he's, or something? Yeah. No, he's definitely in he's his, in his 50s, 50s. If not his late 50s. What a trip, dude. No, that's crazy. That's going to be huge. It's in November, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, November. Yeah, mid-November, I think. I wonder what the bets are going to be on that. Like, oh, Vegas betting is going to oh, be it's out gonna, of control. It's, it, oh, man. With all the boxing fans, it's just going to be... I don't, yeah. I don't know what the odds are going to be. It's probably going to be in Tyson's favor, It's got to be in Tyson's favor. It's, but, got, it's just... You keep, I, I feel so bad because I, I'm a slick boxer. I love counterpunches. Yeah, so yeah. I want to be in Roy Jones' corner, but... Uh. <laughs> I mean, when, when I was watching Mike Tyson train, like... Jones is an unbelievable counterpuncher, but Mike Tyson still has, like, his body movement was so interesting. Like, he'd be going down in full squats, bobbing his head, mm-hmm. bobbing back and forth and back and forth, and, like, he just never stops, and his head movement was killer. And, like, Roy Jones is one of the best, but, like, if he gets inside your bubble. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I don't think Roy Jones is never, like, a, a slugger ever no. and i just don't think mike tyson's gonna let up on him he's just gonna stay inside his bubble the whole time yeah and beat the, the shit o- out of him. only thing the like would get in his way is mike tyson's cardio right you know right. if he can keep up that pace uh-huh. for you know however many rounds that they're going then he's gonna be good i think but, they said it's 12 rounds are you fucking kidding me i think they're gonna go a full t- it's like eight or 12 rounds that's fucking crazy. You haven't fought in what thirty years? Yeah. If, so if if Roy Jones can keep him outside of his bubble for like the first yeah. five six rounds, he'll be fine. Right. He'll be fine the rest of the fight, I think. But you just gotta tame the beast from the get go, because if he gets in there, like you said, you're it's it's game over. I'd be so, I would be, I would be so terrified, bro. I'd be so <laughs> terrified. He was on the podcast and he said to Joe Rogan that he finds uh when he hurts people. It's orgasmic to him. <laughs> and I was like, what? Tru- literally, President Trump just tweeted that one one day. Just a video. No, no oh like context to it or anything like that. Just, just Mike Tyson. Just like, boom. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when I hurt people, it's orgasmic. Joe Rogan's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm so excited because he's, he's, he's one of the best pound for pound to ever step in the ring. But good Lord, dude. Like. It's also going to be weird. There's not going to be a huge crowd there. That's going to suck. Yeah. No, it's got yeah. It's like just a bunch of viewers. You could sell out. You could sell out the biggest arena in the world. That would that be fight. this is probably going to be one of the biggest fights ever. Right? You know? Biggest it's got to be one of the biggest pay-per-view fights ever. Mhm. What's the what's the biggest one as of right now? Probably Mayweather Ooh. McGregor? 
Yeah, yeah, for the wrong reasons, yeah. in my opinion. What you, what'd you think? What'd you think about that shit? I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Did you I think mean, McGregor was gonna do that good? Do that well? Yeah, I thought. I thought. I mean, it's because Mayweather was toying with him. Yeah, he <laughs> was, huh? That was the most offensive fight I've seen Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah, because you know? he. I mean, Floyd Mayweather was just you know he wants to make money. Right. That, that's his, that's his game. Mm-hmm. So give him a show. Exactly, give him a show. So he was giving him a show for what, how many rounds did it go? It went like eight yeah. rounds. Yeah. Eight nine so rounds. then went whatever, like first first three four rounds, he's whatever feeling about even getting popped. Right. You you could tell Mayweather's been hit way harder than yeah, McGregor yeah. was throwing at him. I mean, he fucking fought Canelo. That fool's a psychopath. Yeah. And and Manny Pacquiao, like yeah, yeah. So he's an OG about it. But I thought it was I I was extremely entertained watching that fight. McGregor's yeah, such was. a weirdo. Yeah, he's got a weird, real unorthodox sound. My last two fights have been MMA fighters, so I've been prepared for like them switching stances. Yeah, or, yeah. Did they I, do that to you? Well, they didn't switch stances, but um, they were throwing this crazy ass haymaker, like uh-huh. right hook, yeah. which, you know, to a trained boxer's eye, you could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. I mean, you just dip it or just right. get your left hand up. It's super ineffective right. unless you're accurate with it or that thing packs a fucking punch. Right. But do you think they do that because. There's probably a kick following it. You know Maybe. what I mean? Maybe. I, don't know. I, don't I, know. J- I think they could really throw those wide shots because, you know, in uh, MMA, you got the small-ass gloves. Oh, yeah. And they could sneak punches around. I mean, even if you have your hands up, you could sneak around, hit yeah. them on the chin, get yeah. around their guard. And then boxing gloves, they're significantly bigger than MMA gloves. Yeah. So Those fools made like $50 million each. Yeah, what did, I don't know That's what the insane. total number was. Like Floyd made some ridiculous amount. Yeah, and McGregor they, made like fifty. I know million. they they put out like the stats. It was whatever thousands of dollars a second. A second, yeah. Like, okay, must be nice. <laughs> I wonder if because McGregor has, as we've gotten to know McGregor more, McGregor is very similar to a Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Like when it comes to, he understands that like if he's the most hated guy, and the biggest shit talker, you know what I mean that. Everyone's going to want to watch him. He can back it up because he's winning fights. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wonder if him and Floyd, my conspiracy theory behind that fight (laughs) is that right when it popped off, those two got together and were like, yo, let's let's make all these press conferences just out of control. I'm talking the rudest, meanest, most racist, fucked up talking shit. Yeah. Blow this thing up and we'll make millions and millions and millions of dollars. No, that's totally the case. Because right after they were cool. Yeah. You know? No, and that's what it is. I mean, like, boxing, I mean, yeah, it's fucking, I don't know, it's a, it's a man sport. Any yeah. kind of fighting combat sport, I think, is just yeah. balls of the wall. Right. But it's a show. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, promoting, you know, some Broadway show or promoting a movie. Exactly. It's the same shit, you know? You Getting people get... enticed. Exactly. And then it's like, you know, if you don't like Mayweather, you know, you're still going to watch him because hopefully he gets his ass kicked, right? Yeah. So you're going to watch it. Yep. Same thing for McGregor. You know, I don't like him. I don't want to support him, but I want to see get see him get his ass kicked. So that's yeah. more money in their pockets, right there. Yeah, big facts, actually, big facts. That was crazy. So how long, dude? How long has this road been for you? This fighting road. Um, I started boxing my freshman year of college uh-huh. for UNR. UNR. Yeah, so I was eighteen. You know, and prior to that, I mean, I love combat sports, but just you know, never really found what I wanted to do with combat sports. Yeah. I mean, did. Taekwondo when I was a kid, and then did some backyard street fighting. I was gonna say, did you do any fighting before you started boxing? Uh, yeah, Taekwondo. Um, backyard like some Kimbo slice oh, shit. Oh man, yeah. So that was in high school. Uh-huh. 
Uh, that was just, you know, kids being kids, yeah. watching Never Back Down and wanting to try it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was fun and yeah, it worked. That kind of right, just rekindled right. the fire. And That's then true. actually I was trying to uh, get into MMA because, uh, you know, MMA was, has been taken off yeah. um, right out of high school mm. and uh, stumbled upon UNR Boxing. Yeah. And then got into UNR Boxing, you know, started training. And it was pretty successful for my freshman year. Made it to nationals. I didn't win. I got third place. But still, yeah. it's something for a freshman. And then next year, you know, I was like, ah, if I don't win it this year, I'm going to go rush some fraternities and yeah, college yeah. stuff. And got second my sophomore year. Then third year comes around. I win it. And then fourth fourth year, I was like, I'm going to go up a weight class. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm yeah. going to win this. Did that. And then I did two years of open amateur and open just, amateur yeah what's the so like is there like different so collegiate collegiate boxing it's uh with the ncba national collegiate boxing association uh-huh. it's like a closed off amateur unit like you have to be a college student okay. you're only boxing two minute rounds mm-hmm. um and you box uh, air force academy uh ucla's got a boxing club uh so davis washington like only a select few yeah okay yeah tight it yeah, no, um, and then open amateur is just any anyone that wants to box. Yeah, in the U.S. So anybody. Yeah, anybody. That's crazy. Like they have masters divisions for older folk and uh, obviously uh, younger, and then for age group from I think it's eighteen to thirty six is uh-huh. the elites, and obviously that's when you're in your primes. Right. So um, it's just anyone in the country you compete at these tournaments golden gloves yeah, yeah. Uh, the olympic qualifying tournaments uh, ringside worlds you go to these tournaments and just you know uh, fight get as many uh wins as you can how many it, amateurs do you have or how many fights did you have at unr uh unr i think uh 20 something 20 fights and yeah, then what you, how many in amateur open amateur uh i don't know my Combined my open amateur and UNRs, I had forty eight. That's a lot of fights. Forty eight fights. Is that a lot of fights before you go pro? Uh, no. I mean, it, it's it's hit or miss because yeah. you'll you'll have some guys. I don't know. I think it's like Roberto Duran who had you know eighteen amateur fights, uh-huh. but then you got guys like Sugar Ray Leonard who have had like hundreds. Right. Of Sugar Ray Leonard fights. was like the most psycho yeah. amateur. He lost like yeah. one fight exactly. or something. Exactly. Like and then? I went to yeah, went to the Olympics. Oh, it was uh, Vasily Lomachenko. Vasily Lomachenko. Two hundred ninety six and one. That guy is a fucking and, savage. And that one loss, he went back to beat that guy two more times just to yeah. prove that he's better. Dude, I, I like rabbit hole. I think I was. I think we were working out when I was like getting obsessed with Vasily Lomachenko because mm-hmm. he was out of his mind. Is he still killing the pro game? Yeah, him and uh, Tiafima Lopez are fighting. Really? Uh, October. 17. So there's there's fight there's I feel like I don't call me crazy. I feel like I don't see as much publicity on boxing anymore because MMA has been blown up so much. Like or is that just my select view? It might just be your select view, but it's also mine too because I'm I'm following just a whole bunch of boxing Instagrams, right. boxers, promoters, promotion companies, so mm-hmm. I always see this shit. Yeah. But to people that are, you know, not so involved in the boxing community, mm-hmm. They're not going to see it right. unless, you know, a friend of a friend. And I don't even really watch the UFC fights, but after they bought that island when COVID happened, mm-hmm. he, Dana White bought that island. Yeah. And it was really because they were the first, that was the first com, combat sport to really yeah. come back after 
COVID, right? Yeah. yeah and they, they were the were. first ones to start doing fights and things like that. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about that? Them buying a fucking island. Loophole. Dude. I mean, but I mean, hey, Dana White, shout out to him because I mean, he got got it all started. Yeah. Like, Yo, look, we're gonna quarantine. Mm-hmm. We're gonna or we're we're gonna bring all the fighters to this island because the fighters have to fight. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, I was itching. Yeah. I've been. I can, <laughs> itching. I can only imagine. I can only imagine, dude, just being like, yeah, we're not gonna fight anymore. Do you think it'll ever go back to normal? Ah, oh, God. Big I, crowds, big weigh-ins. I I for sure lights. I for sure hope so. I mean. It, 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 it's still great, you know, being able to, um, you know, be aired on TV, mm-hmm. ESPN and whatnot. But to those lower promotional companies that are, you know, we're putting on just public events, you know, at a festival or like Cinco de Mayo or something, mm-hmm. you know, I feel for them because like they're out of business. They have no TV contracts. So, yeah, it's, I mean, the this the industry has to be losing a ton of money. Huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah, even absolutely. even on your card, like, are they making money off of that? How Like, you know what I mean? How is... I, I don't know. I don't know if you know, but like how much how much weight of the money that's involved is on the the crowds and the tickets and the weigh-ins and the publicity and stuff like that? Oh, like, mil- millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. The fuck. thing is, I think Bob Arum was super smart to sell his HBO rights or mm-hmm. top ranks rights back to ESPN, like mm-hmm. how it originally was. That way, you know, no one's going to not want ESPN. Right. And they air all the fights on ESPN Plus or even just normal ESPN. Yeah, yeah. So people are still getting, or people are still giving money yeah. to the boxing community by buying ESPN Plus, by buying ESPN's pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still sucks because it's not as much influx as yo, I'm sitting ringside, yeah, you yeah, know, and paying thousands of dollars for these seats, and drinks and food exactly. and like, and apparel. So they've definitely take taken a huge cut, but I mean, with how small the venue was, I think they're also saving a little bit of money yeah. too. So I don't know where it breaks even, but it's such a trip with all that stuff going on. Cause also just the city itself, like think about the, just this, the city of Vegas on the weekend of a, of a huge card. Like a lot of times they would double up and there'd be a huge UFC card and then there'd be a huge boxing card, like the same weekend. Mm-hmm. And Vegas was probably just fucking booming. But now it's like, you know, eight cards, you know, what? what is that, 16 fighters, and they probably brought, like, what, 30 people, 35 people total, like them and their trainer. Yeah. What a fucking trip, dude. Yeah, it's nuts. And then um, we were able to break the bubble the night of the fight, uh-huh. go out and celebrate or do whatever. And we walk out to the Strip, and the last time I was in Vegas, uh, I was getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, so everything was just popping, everyone was having Wait, fun. Wait, what? Yeah, inducted yeah. for what? Amateur of the Year in 2016. What? You didn't know oh, that? I didn't know that. You're in the Hall <laughs> I, of Fame? I, I got a big-ass diamond plate yeah. Uh, award. Yeah. That's sick as fuck. 2016, you said? Yeah. Amateur yeah. of the Year. That was the last time you were in Vegas? Yeah. And yeah, she, you got to eat it all up, yeah? Yeah. And everything was popping, pool parties, all, all mm. that shit, clubbing. But then uh, after I won this fight, you know, I go downstairs to the MGM Grand it looks like the Western Village. <laughs> no, yeah, just, no shade to the Western Village. I love the steakhouse. <laughs> and the two dollar tables, yeah. yeah. But oh it was bad. I went down there with uh with Art and Eric and Robert for FedEx not uh-huh. too long ago. And it was such a weird Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was such a weird dynamic because you drive into Vegas and it looks like it looks like Vegas. Like peop- there's tons of people walking on the street. You know, there's cars, which is which is crazy. There's still all these posters and advertisements for shows and everything like that. 
And then it took like 24 hours to notice, but these people were just like walking. They were just walking around. Like they weren't really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we realized that we went down to Fremont Street and there was thousands of people on Fremont Street. Fremont Street's totally lit up and there's tons of people in the walkway. And I was like, oh, damn, it's popping. But the reason why there's so many people in the walkway is because you can't go in anywhere, really. Yeah, you can't do anything. Nothing. There's no like, you can't sit at no bars. Like it's all outside seating and everything's social distance and most everything is closed and i was like this is such a i can only fucking imagine how much money clark county was losing oh yeah with casino shut and then it didn't make any sense like there'd be the floor of the casino like we'd be sitting at a restaurant social distance half capacity like glass dividers up and then you'd look like 50 feet to your right and on the casino floor there's people just playing there's yeah. just people just playing yeah like right next to each other just gambling and i was like well what are we what are we doing? Are what? we social distancing? <laughs> are we not social distancing? You know what I mean? It's just such a weird dynamic and how it varies from place to place. But fucking all of sports, pretty much everything's back now. Yeah, right? everything's back. Everything's just back. no crowds. That's fucking weird, dude. Yeah. Uh, One thing I saw in crowds was Japanese wrestling. Really? Yeah, this is a weird. <laughs> why are you why are you looking up Japanese okay, wrestling, let bro? Ba- <laughs> let me do a little backstory here. <laughs> No, there's this guy, uh, this guy Eddie Rodriguez, who came on the podcast not too long ago, and he like he does MMA and he he has his own clothing brand until the veins run dry, and I had him on the podcast and he was talking to me about a buddy of his who ended up going and doing pro wrestling out in Japan, and this guy started uh, following me on Instagram and I like went on his page, and then there's been like a couple things that I've like rabbit holed on his stuff, but there's like massive crowds, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and they all have masks on and stuff like that, but what? it's like professional wrestling and they're doing it out there so it's weird like it's it's weird because like you know you got like a place like california like california is shut the fuck down still pretty much like salons are still shut down barbershops and all that stuff and then you go to places like texas where it's just like they're like or here here in reno pretty much everything is open nothing's really we just social distance but nothing's Mm -hmm. really different yeah no that's crazy but anyways full circle here you uh um you get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um you did UNR and then you went to open amateur mm-hmm. and you said how many forty something fights? Forty eight. Forty eight fights. When was your first fights. pro fight? Uh that was last year, uh mm-hmm. June eighth, two thousand nineteen. Because your first two were pretty quick, right? Your first two? Because this is your third fight, right? Yeah, this is my third. Your first two pro fights were pretty close together, were they not? Yeah. Uh kind of. So June June eighth was my pro debut and then I fought again like October 18th or uh-huh. something. Yeah, so I mean, pretty close. I had a little bit of time to celebrate and then get back in the gym and then it's perfect timing, you know. Yeah. 2 months yeah. uh worth of hardcore training and then back in the ring again. So, what's the feeling like that you're kind of starting to blow up? Uh, I mean, you've kind of been a hometown hero for a while here. Yeah. Like you pretty you're well known here. Uh-huh. You know, pretty much most I've talked to a lot of people who have no affiliate with FedEx or no affiliate with like myself or anything like that. And they know who you are. Oh, really? like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there was I went down to your gym for a little bit. And then like a couple of years ago when we were when we were working out and I was doing all that shit, uh-huh. all the CrossFit stuff. There was multiple people that I would talk to or I'd see videos of. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't fucking know that fool. Like that fool's a pro boxer, you know. So around oh, Reno, shit. you're a decent name. But yeah. Uh, 
what what's I mean, you're fresh off the hype right now, I know. bro. No, so shit's still it's still popping off. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, my followers on Instagram are still growing. Uh, what did you go was, from? Like, what were you at before the fight, and what are you at now? I was uh, twelve hundred, uh-huh. I think. Now I'm at fifteen, and it's still like every day. Like I check my phone in the mornings, and it's just like five new, five. What? New. Yeah, and right after the fight, when ESPN posted that shit, it was like yeah, probably like. 350 right off the get-go damn yeah it was it was was dope too like the whole production when it popped off i was like damn that fool looks so dope you like that (laughs) the the penguin flex i was like i was like oh my god this fool's a bad motherfucker this was a pro boxer and shout outs to mikey williams the guy that takes all the photos for top rank yeah he killed it yeah he killed it yeah that penguin flex picture is dope i would put that i would i would get like a like a fat head and put that shit on my wall, bro. Straight up. <laughs> I already up. got a shrine at my house, dude. I might dude, as well just add to you? it. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Oh yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. So so like, are you nervous about like if the clout comes, bro? Because it might come, like it might pop off. Do you're like a fucking celebrity? Are you nervous about that? Uh no, no. You just you know, uh, I forgot who told me this, but you know. Even if it's bad publicity, it's publicity. This is true. You know? And then, like, what we were talking about earlier with Mayweather and McGregor. Like, mm-hmm. no, not everyone likes him. Yeah. But they still they still know who the, who he is mm-hmm. or who they are. So, I mean, I, I ain't tripping. Dude. You know? you th- and nah. if people want to talk shit, they can come fight me. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> putting it out here on Quarter Life Crisis. You want these fucking hands. Uh, just uh, just DM Podcast Poppy 22 and I'll set it up. Um that shit is that shit is wild, bro. So, so are you like kind of starting to? You can go into it as much as you want, but are you starting to like scratch the surface where like like you said they're starting to drop contracts, like where the where the money's gonna start to come in? Well, you know, hope hopefully. So yeah. you know, definitely looking for sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you you got to get to that point where you know five and zero, six and zero, making the right connections with whatever promotional company, mm-hmm. so they keep getting you on the card and your publicity keeps growing. So you just have to keep fighting. Right. That's it. And then once you're well known enough, that's when you know the people start coming to you, and you mm-hmm. don't have to go out and reach out to other people. Right. People are just like, hey, so you know, here's this X amount of money, or here's this amount of money to mm-hmm. fight. Uh, do you want to take it? And then, yeah. then you can start picking and choosing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in a place right now where you're where you're trying to get wins when you fight, or are you are you in a are you looking for like when do you think could be your first fight where you're an underdog? You know what I mean? Because um, that one's gonna have to come, right? Yeah, yeah. So right now, um, I'm at the point where I'm no longer gonna be fighting chumps. Mm-hmm. Because because of my record, three and zero with two knockouts, like that's you know yeah. pretty decent. So no no one's gonna want to take a fight with me unless you know they don't give a fuck about the record. Right, they right. Just want to make some quick change. Yeah, like right out the people coming right out the gates or whatever, couple fights or maybe not the not the best record. They're not gonna want to fight you. Exactly, exactly. So now, um, people with better records than me or at least more fight experience than me, even if they have you know one loss. Yeah. They're gonna be like, okay, well, he has less experience. Let me get at that. Undefeated, so. less experience, though. I should still be um, favored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I'm, I might be fighting someone that's you know five and two or five and three. Yeah, yeah. You know, not that great of a record, but you know. Do you have another fight in in mind? Like, are are your people like looking for fights immediately after that win? They better be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking trying to fight yeah. somebody yeah. right now. Oh man, yeah. I just I just want to keep going. What's an ideal gap of time between fights? Um. 
early on, yeah, you know, especially since I'm just doing four round fights, you know, I could fight, you know, every other month. Right. I would like to fight every other month. That way I could just stay in shape mm-hmm. all year round, rack up the W's, build that build that record. Doesn't that get taxing though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like <laughs> how long can you do that? Fight every couple months? Uh I don't know. I haven't done it. Yeah. I feel but, like that would be tough. You know, I could maybe uh, what was the gap between my la- my fir- my first fight and my second fight was what four months? Four months. So, yeah. I mean, I could definitely do it for a while, but you know, I'm sure as soon as I get to ten and over that point in time where it's just like, okay, hey, look at this dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you're know, gonna he's got start getting some serious cards. Yeah, and then at that point, then I could be like, okay, well, I could pick and choose these fights, or I want to fight this time of this year, mm-hmm. and it also depends on contracts. If any of the you know, promotion companies actually approach me. Then I sign a contract with them for right. whatever, six fights, five fights, four fights. They give me X amount of money and then yeah. um, they set up the fights. Damn. And then you have no control over who you fight? Nope. <sighs> Is that nerve wracking? Did you have it? Did you have any say on the, the last three yeah. fights? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I and, and even if I have a contract, I could still say no to an opponent. They'd find someone else. Right. Right. OK. But yeah, no, I've had I've had some say. Mm-hmm. And my first my first fight uh, was against a dude that had almost 100 uh, amateur fights. Jesus. So he had way, I didn't know that. He, yeah. He had way more experience than me. So it was a good matchup. But, you know, I wanted I just got done uh, competing in the Olympic qualifier as yeah. an amateur and. You know, I lost a number three in the U.S. They bumped me to number seven in the U.S., mm-hmm. but I lost them in the semifinals. So then my Olympic dreams were just shot. Right. Um, so then went pro, and then they're like, "Yo, this guy wants to make his debut." And um, the Terry Lane with Let's Get It On Promotions mm-hmm. approached me because uh, he didn't have to pay for any flights or anything like that. I'm just a local guy. Mm-hmm. So he said, hey, we're having a fight, Reno Sparks Convention Center. Do you want to be? You know, do you want to go pro? Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And he's like, all right, so I got this guy. He's got almost 100 fights, uh, but he's been at- inactive for um, a year. Oh, so he came off the couch. Yeah, because yeah. he has sh- shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was iffy about it because I've, I've fought guys with hun- uh, hundreds of fights. And it ain't no joke. Right, like, Just because, right. you know. Um, doesn't matter how good you are really not like skill level but if you got a hundred fights you know how to fight exactly yeah exactly um but took the fight mm-hmm. you know and then just took off from there that one ended tko in the fourth and then cloud nine i was like okay i'm gonna celebrate for a little bit and then back to training uh because they said hey we might have something later for you this year mm-hmm. you know you put on a real good showing and you stepped it up right. and i fought uh, that other MMA fighter, that short Saki Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. I remember that one. Bobbed him up. <laughs> my, my hands like broke on his head. Yeah, almost. yeah. I remember uh, you came back and you were like, I fucked my hand up, dude. I beat that fool's ass. I was like, yeah. That a baby. Yeah, hard ass head. But that's a that's a trip. So you're fighting at 145, is that what you said? Yeah. So I, my pro debut was at uh, Super Lightweight mm-hmm. or Junior Welters fighting 135. Um, but I think I'm just going to stick to Welter at 147. So who, you if you win, when you get to the top at 147, who are you fighting? Oh, shit. I mean, it depends. Cause like what, who's at the top of 147 right uh, now? I believe it's Errol Spence Jr. Errol Spence Jr.? The truth. Errol Spence Jr. I'm going to look this full up. Southpaw. Not going to fight him. Oh, he's a Southpaw? <laughs> You're not going to fight him? I don't want none of that. Well... I'm actually working with one of um, UNR's national champs, uh, Davis Alt, homeboy's a southpaw, and he's probably one of the best boxers here in Reno. 
Oh, yeah, I've seen this fool. Errol Spence Jr. Yep. Probably watched him and Sean Porter duke it out. Yeah, that, that was the fight, fight that I saw, Sean Porter. That was a big fight. Yep. Damn, so. it's crazy. I always think about that as people are as people are kind of like, like Mikey. Like, you know, Mikey's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, what he fights at, he'd be, he'd be fighting, like, Tyson Fury. He, yeah. He's, like, over he's over 200. Oh, yeah. Or whatever he is. is, is I don't know I what thought, he is. Does he fight cruiser or does he fight heavyweight? I think he fights heavyweight. I'm not sure. He's heavy, <laughs> though. He's like over 200 pounds. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's going to be fighting like Deontay Wilder, fucking right? Tyson Fury. God. Like, dude, that's who you're going to fight if you make it to the top? <laughs> oh, my. I mean, I grew up with Mikey. Mikey would, Mikey would step into the ring today with Deontay Wilder just because he's fucking loose in his head. He's a psychopath. <laughs> like, I, I grew up with that fool. That fool put like four or five people in the hospital before he turned 18. Jesus and I was standing right there with him. Like he was the most sight. Like I, I, have never had so much confidence. Whenever I was around Mikey, you didn't uh, have to you, lift a finger. You know, if I could just, I could just throw a rock into somebody's window driving by, and I wouldn't care who got out. He was, <laughs> he was an absolute psychopath, and he's just so good at fighting. On top of the fact that he works his ass off, and he's, he's been doing it like he, per, he usually just like promotes his boxing. But not a lot of people know, like, and I'm sure not a lot of people know that very similar to you, like, he works on the Golden Gate Bridge, like, six days a week, tons and tons of hours, he has multiple businesses, like, he has his wife, now he has a kid, like, he does tons of stuff, because, you know, as you're climbing, just like you are, like, you have to, Yeah. that shit is wild, like, what kind of, you gotta make ends meet, (laughs) what kind of psycho-ass schedule do you have, because you work the preload, dude so um waking up for work whatever 2 a.m yeah well so what time do you wake up for work though because you have to be there at two yeah no uh some days some, some days. days so on mondays are busier days i'm there i have to be there 2 30 so waking up 1 2 o'clock mm-hmm. every morning and thankfully you know we're cutting down my hours so i can focus on training mm-hmm. i'm super grateful for that but i was working uh, pretty much two thirty in the morning until ten thirty, eleven o'clock in mm. the morning. Um, then I have school at one p.m. to three thirty, um, and then obviously I got to fit homework in right before that. Mm-hmm. And then I train from four o'clock to six thirty. Sometimes coach class or have private lessons, make some extra money till whatever seven, eight o'clock. Go home. Eat, eat dinner, sleep for three hours, and do it all over again. Jesus, I didn't even know you were in school. Yeah, back in school. <laughs> Is it tough? Because so I ran the preload schedule for like seven years. When you you're waking up at two o'clock in the morning and you're training, where you're supposed to be exerting even more energy, <laughs> more at the end of your day. You yeah. know, when your body's at when your body's sitting at sixteen, eighteen hours. You know what I mean? Like that's got to be brutal. Oh, it takes its toll. For yeah. sure, you know, mentally and physically, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know, for everyone that has an Apple Watch, all, right. um, all my rings are closed when I leave work. Really? Yeah. And that's like a thousand calories, just, you know, running up and down the warehouse, uh-huh. just standing up and fucking... Um, are you still on the unload? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you're yeah, fucking I'm moving, I'm moving everywhere. <laughs> all the time, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I got that, and then um, mentally taxing, just, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with man- managerial stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then having to, well, no sleep, and then having to train at the tail end of the day when all I want to do is just sit down and pass out. Yeah. You know, um, makes you mentally stronger for sure. I could, you know, take on whatever. Yeah, what a but. psychopath you are, bro, because you go <laughs> through the adversities of, 
of like you know not a lot of people would know but i mean being a being an operations manager in an industry like fedex ground is not an easy thing to do especially the size of our operation and then you go and mentally tax yourself and go to school yeah and do homework and then you go and train and physically tax yourself like, physically and mentally for the training <laughs> good lord like so do you i mean what what's your what do you eat like like what's your diet like because you have you have to really take care of yourself to to, to run like that yeah uh, as as much as possible and you know like you got to have your cheat meals every mm-hmm. now and again um go eat out you know eat some junk but morning just caffeine protein bar for mm-hmm. caffeine greek yogurt and you know try to keep it healthy multivitamin yeah. and fish oil keep your head clear um and then eat a second breakfast you know wow. eggs bacon because you got to be pretty disciplined i mean when i was uh when we were working out together i was sleeping like two or three hours a night but i was in great shape i was eating really well yeah, was hyper i was hyper focused you know like i could never do that regimen right now like, I have a pretty busy schedule right yeah. now, but, you know, like, if you fall off physically, like, you know, mentally will it, break down immediately exactly. right after and everything like that. Exactly. Do, you, do you find lulls from lack of sleep? Like, how do you combat the oh, lack of sleep? Yeah. So, literally, you know, if, if I'm just too tired to work out or whatever and I find myself laying down, I just got to think to myself, like, my go-to is what is my opponent doing? And yeah. my eyes just shoot up and get up and then just go go yeah. to the gym, go, go up, go out for a run. God. It's just, you, yeah, yeah. I always have to be in that mentality. What's mm-hmm. your opponent doing right now? You had, you know, you have a fight coming up. He knows he has a fight coming up. What is your opponent doing right now? Yeah. And fuck that. I'm not yeah, going to get outworked. <laughs> yeah. Big facts, dude. I mean, shit, especially in the, especially in the boxing industry. I feel like those are probably one of the, if not the most hardest working category of athletes. So, you know, that your opponent's going in yeah yeah that's exactly. gonna be daunting yeah yeah exactly and for every every single fight you hope for the best you mm-hmm. know hope that your p- opponent's not in shape yeah hope that your opponent's cutting weight last minute right but expect the worst yeah you know you're gonna be fighting a fucking floyd mayweather you're gonna be fighting a manny pacquiao yeah, or, yeah. you know what do you <laughs> what do you think uh for you when you do get to the point where you can leave your job and things like that. Like, what are you looking forward to the most when you get into a point where it's a hundred percent boxing and that's it training every day and literally crafting, crafting my art. Cause you, you know, you, you see all these fighters. Uh, if I say, Hey, Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. what boxing style comes to mind? Defensive boxing. Yeah. The yeah. high shoulder. All right. Uh, what about Mike Tyson? Fucking brawler, <laughs> absolute psychopath, body shots like a madman, close quarter boxing. Exactly. So you know the fighting style almost mm-hmm. immediately just yep. off the name. I, I want that to be like, oh, J.J. Mariano. Yeah. Boom. Whatever fighting style I develop. Mm-hmm. Right now, like, I mean, I have an interesting style where I'm counterpunching. Am I, do I hit hard? Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Until obviously. my last fight. But um, do I like to go forward? Not really. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where my style is going to go. If I want to say moving around on the outside, sticking and moving, sticking and moving, pulling some Sugar Ray Leonard stuff, yeah. or turn into some Roberto Duran where I'm sitting in front of my opponent trying to hurt him and finish him. So are you just kind of like when you go and you, when you are training, you're just kind of trying to f- slowly fine-tune all these different skills and, and you're not like really going on like an expertise, like a, a style right now? Yeah, so... Uh, 
my tra- or both my trainers and I are working on it. Like when I am training for a fight, let's just mm-hmm. say it's my fight camp, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be crisping up box on the outside counter punch because right. that's what I've known ever since you know I was a freshman in college, 18 mm-hmm. years old. That's my style: stick, 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 slip, counter. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm training, kind of in my off season, you know, when I have maybe two months until I fight or three months till I fight, yeah. that first month. I'm working fighting on the inside, stepping around my opponent, staying in the pocket. Yeah. Just so if it comes down to it, I still have those skill sets. Yeah. But my go-to is stick, stick, stick from the outside, counter, slip, move around. How often do you train by yourself? Um, you know, like, like without a trainer? Yeah, like with your trainer. Because you've, you've had your trainer for a while, right? Yeah. The guy you're training with right now? Yeah. So I got two. Um, Jared Santos, he holds mitts for me, mm-hmm. meets me whenever Pat can't. Um, and Pat Jefferson who kind of will hold pads and just oversee what Jared's doing with me. Right. And kind of just yelling from the outside. The the coach and the trainer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do they both work out of it's elite, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, Jared coaches classes at elite Mm -hmm. and Pat just comes to elite just for me, for you. Yeah. And, uh, they're both there, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's mostly just Jared and I. Mm-hmm. Who's Jared? Jared's uh, my mate guy. My train. Oh, the mate guy. Yeah. The mate guy. Okay. Man, that's uh, – and you're looking for it. When you do go to a point, are you going to try to make that like – is it a five-day, six-day-a-week thing? Like what's like, a, what's like a full-time training regimen, you know, like – Every day. Every day? Every day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, you have to have your rest day, but your rest day on Sunday is you going for a fucking four or five mile run. Right, right. Yeah. That's crazy. Because when, when I was fighting with Mikey, I would come in and I would train hard as fuck for like two hours. I was, I was literally sleeping like two, three hours. I was working in San Francisco at the time. Mm-hmm. But I would come in. He would have already been there for an hour. And then I would come and train for like an hour and a half. And then me and him would uh, hit mitts for like hard as fuck for like a half an hour. Which doesn't seem like a long time, but like we would go, I mean, to me, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound, that's what I, I was like, oh yeah, I'll hit mitts for a half an hour, no big deal. But we go uh, two minutes on, two minutes off, um, but the switch was holding the mitts, and then sometimes we'd have the coach hold the mitts, but I was just fucking exhausted. And then our downtimes would be jump roping, um, and and then we'd lift a little bit after, it's like two, two and a half hours, and I would leave, and that fucking guy would He'd still continue to stay there, yeah. Yep. He'd like... I would literally come in and jump rope, and then I'd, uh, like, do some cardio. I'd hit the bag, hit the heavy bag, and then I'd hit the uh, the speed bag, and then I'd jump rope, and then I'd hop into the ring, and I would work on different techniques with the coach, and then I would hit mitts, and then uh, and then I would, like, I would spar. I would quote, spar un- Mikey, <laughs> whatever you want to fucking unquote. call it. Yeah, spar Mikey. <laughs> Pretty much just be a punching bag for fucking Mikey. And then uh, lift a little bit, and that fool would just, right when I was done, he'd just go right to the speed bag, and he'd almost, like, start over. Like, it's fucking psycho, the endurance that you have to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's hard because, you know, you get to a point, like, you know, you build, like, just, like, with weights. Mm-hmm. You, know, you build up to um, a certain weight or for a certain endurance level, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're used to shadow boxing for three rounds and skipping rope for three rounds yep. and then bag for three rounds and... Um, all these other drills for three rounds, um, then you always have to amp it up. Yeah. You know, because you're not in the best shape. Like, you have to keep going, keep yeah. going, keep going. So, hence, you know, Mikey's been doing it for goddamn, I don't know He's how doing long. doing forever. Yeah. 
I so mean, then he's he just would, he's just he's just upping himself. He's just trying to get better and better mm-hmm. and better and pushing himself. So that's why he's there for five hours a day. Yeah, I went and saw him fight in in Sacramento, and he uh, it was the fight that he broke his hand. He got like three or four screws in his in his in his hand um, off that fight, but it was like a last minute fight, and he had a ton of stuff going on with work and all that stuff, and he was super out of shape, like the most out of shape he's ever been in a fight super overweight as well and he's still like he got taxed like the fourth or fifth round i think like that but like uh he's st- he's just his technique is so like if your technique is nasty you can last inside the ring yeah. you know what i mean you, like he you, was you don't lose it it's like veteran stamina too yeah like um you know for new boxers that go through unr mm-hmm. um they'll get put in the ring with me so i could just work on head movement and whatnot when i'm coming back in from training after mm-hmm. taking you know a month off or whatever yeah and i'll just move around with them you know one round they're just gasping for air and you know even though i'm completely out of shape from my fighting shape mm-hmm. like you're fine right because you know when to breathe in the ring you know how right. to move around you know how to use less oxygen in your muscles so you're not super tense all the time you know what's the longest fight that you've had so four rounds four rounds yeah four rounds did it go for uh i've had yeah yeah you my, went for yeah that how was many my second fight fourth Three minutes? Yeah. Two, four three-minute rounds? Yep. What was that like? Exhausting? Yes and no. I was in shape for the fight. I was yeah. training for it. I still, I could have gone more, you know. Um, well, you could, like, fight tomorrow, huh? You literally beat the shit out of your last guy in, like, a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, dude, dude, it was like... Yeah. Is, it, is that good or... Is that, like, cool or not? Like, I've, I'll see, like... I'll watch, like, a UFC fight, and someone just walk in and just knock the dude out in, like, five seconds. I'm like, is that... Would you rather have it go the distance, or would you rather have what happened? So, it, it's good for publicity, like how it happened, mm-hmm. you know, knock, knock the fool out. But like I said earlier, when, when I got out of the ring, I was like, I want more. Like, yeah. So I, I worked mitts with my trainer in the back for a little bit longer just cause I, I wasn't sweating. Like I wanted, I wanted to fight. I hadn't hit anything in like yeah, a week. You, you literally, so, probably, you literally weren't even sweating, huh? Yeah. No, that all, <laughs> all the shiny shit on my face was petroleum jelly from, you know, when the glove yeah, hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Cause yeah, I can only, what a, what a fucking buzzkill dude. Mm hmm. I'd be pissed because you, you walk in this huge fight, third pro fight, super excited, last minute, nervous, yeah. tensions high, and you just walk in and just blast this. Yeah, fight. and you're in a hotel room, you're cooped up. You're like, oh my god, I get yeah, out of this hotel wait. room. I get to step in front of the TV screens mm-hmm. for everyone, and and then all of a sudden it's, it's over. You're Damn. like, shit. <laughs> you know, I, I, and what sucks, like, yes, I got to showcase my stuff, mm-hmm. like what I can do. Obviously, like I purposely set up that combination that I dropped them with. Mm-hmm. And then instead of trying to headhunt and try to kill him at the end, just let your hands go because he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. That's textbook. But I could have prolonged it, you know, moved around, made it last a little bit longer so everyone could actually see how good I fucking am. Right. You know, and the next step is the next step is just getting on more cards. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get that record up. Exactly. Are you too worried about who your opponent is really? Or are you just trying to get fights under your belt? right? I'm now? trying to get fights under my belt. Yeah. You know, um, I really do think I'm a fucking great boxer yeah. and I can hang with hang with the big time pros. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a matter of gotta fucking, put the work in. Yeah, exactly. Training my ass off. You know, spending the time in the gym, running, and yeah. you know, because my fight IQ, yeah, absolutely, is up here. dude, it's so crazy, bro. Like watching, watching. I mean, going three and zero, and like you said, you kind of had your first like hit of uh, um, publicity, if you would. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that thing that had fifty thousand hits. It's such such a trip seeing like I mean 
You were not a nobody, but an, an, well, an unknown. Yeah. When, when we first met, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> when we first met, I was like, oh, what's up? You know, yeah, I'll train this side and the other, you know, and I didn't. Under- well, once I once I came to your gym a couple of times and then was and was watching you fight, I was like, all right, OK, cool. I mean, like I'm, you know, not super experienced, but been around it enough. But once I saw you start hitting the bag and things like that, I was like, all right, fuck, oh, this fool can, this fool can <laughs> fucking fight. Because you know? there were some good fighters that floated around Mikey in the gym that we worked out at. Mm-hmm. But that's crazy, dude. Like, um, you know, that you have that you have that confidence and you know that you can fight with the big bangers, dude. And there's and it's starting to like shine that it's just a matter of time before you're up there, bro. Yeah. That is fucking crazy. You just got to make all the right moves, all the right calls. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Have you thought about uh, I mean, obviously you you don't want to. This might be a weird question. You never want to lose. But have you thought about, you know how to mentally prepare or like how to, how to bounce back from a loss. Cause you know, I mean, everyone wants to go undefeated. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But that's a, that's a rare thing to do, especially in your industry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There can only be one. Right? Yeah. So. One, one lucky, one luck, lucky hook that catches you at the tip of the chin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, I mean, I have lost before I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, you know, um, amateurs i mean i've only lost in national tournaments which is fucking great Mm -hmm. but you know uh when you lose i've always thought of it as a learning experience i know that goes said you know by everyone right everyone's like oh if you lose it's a learning experience like when i lose yeah am i fucking shattered yeah my fucking you know my perfect record's gone or Mm -hmm. you know in the amateurs it's like wow, that, that sucked. I don't want to feel like this ever again. Mm -hmm. And for me, how that boosts me is it gives me that extra drive to never be that out of shape again, or to never drop my fucking left hand or to, um, run more, you know, work on strength training more. So those losses really progress me as a Mm -hmm. person motivates me Mm -hmm. rather than like, you know, just give up on everything. Yeah. Cause you see a lot of big time boxers that lose and then, and then, like what happened to Anthony Joshua? Oh, damn, I have no idea. Right? Yeah. Who has heard of him? He he lost to He disappeared. Uh, he lost to Andy um, what's his name? Andy Ruiz. Yeah. And you know, I think Didn't they he, rematch? Yeah. They, and he lost again? Yeah, he lost again. So he lost he, twice. he uh I don't know. I I I feel like he went the route of look, I'm making this money now, you know, I'm more of an Instagram model and a sponsored model than yeah. a, f- a fucking fighter. Right. And the thing is, you know, how he got so big is yes, he, you know, took part in the Olympics and he might have been good, you know, um in the heavyweights uh in the Olympics in what was that 2000 mm-hmm. I don't know what year it was. But, but he was mostly fighting in over there in, in Britain. W- WBC. What is it? I don't know. Over in Britain, yeah. Yeah. Over in Britain. Yeah. So, I mean, he could have been – he was just an easy face to sell. Uh-huh. And on, he had been boxing for a lot less than I have. Really? Yeah. And I'm for me, like, ten, I'm going on 10 years, and it's, that's not that long compared mm-hmm. to some of these dudes that have been boxing since they were fucking seven years old. Yeah. Um, and he – I think he started boxing when he was, whatever, 20, 21. Damn. Yeah. So he he started boxing super super late in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean he was he was good. Yeah, he's not he's not terrible. Like you but said, he's also like he's got the physique. He yeah. was huge, yeah. like toned and chiseled and all that stuff. But Deontay Wilder's like that too, right? He didn't fight for that long. 
He was like a psycho. Psycho, like, can like, drop people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you see it when when someone goes jelly on him a little bit, and he mm. all his technique just goes out the window, and he literally just he starts just, throwing street haymakers yeah, on him, dude. Yeah, just bombs, which is bronze bomber. Oh, yeah, the bronze name. bomber. That right hand, though, is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like Absolutely. The, that the, thing lands, heesh. And I wonder how many people have retired because of, they got hit by him. Probably a lot early on in his career. There's like, no, fuck that. I'm not I'm fighting cool him. Off that. I'm cool off that. Damn, have you ever been hit so hard that you kind of like, there's that split second where you question whether you want to do this or not? No. That's good. No, I'm, I'm knocking on yeah. wood too. It's, I get hit, I'm going to hit you harder. Yeah. I got hit one time in football and I was like, I got hit one time by a guy named Soma Vanuku. Who ended up? Uh, his his cousin was Ray Maluiga, and he played for Eureka. And like, I ended up working out with him in Humboldt, like just a long line of Samoan pros. Huh. And this fool hit me, and he ended up going full ride to USC. Put like five people in the hospital on special teams. Jesus. But this fool, this fool hit me, and I was a, it was my senior year, and I was the Sultan of SWAT, undefeated. I was the baddest motherfucker on Sesame Street, bro. Nobody could fuck with me <laughs> on the field. Straight up. I was just running through everybody. And this fool hit me so fucking hard, bro. And there's like a quick second. It went away very, very quickly. Mm. But on the field, I was like, oh, my God, bro. Like, I'm it's, trying to get to the next level. Like, the next level is like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> the next level is like that. That shit is terrifying, bro. That's something that I think of before the fights. Yeah. I'm like, how hard is this guy going to hit? And every time, well, from for the last three fights, they put the small-ass gloves on because they're smaller gloves than the amateurs. Mm-hmm. Less padding, 10-ounce right. gloves. The trainer puts the gloves on me. I'm just like, oh, when I get hit with these, it's going to fucking it's gonna hurt. hurt dude. And then, you know, you get in the ring. Um, then you get hit, and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. And then you just go from there. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some people, like, watching highlights of Mike Tyson – and you see his opponents, their face and demeanor completely change mm-hmm. after they got hit because he's just a banger. Yep. Like, f- that would be terrifying in the ring, getting hit and be not being ready for how hard it actually that was. hitter like, really even is. If you're, even if your guard is up and he hits your forearms or whatever, and you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that broke my forearm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking terrifying, bro. How much, uh, what time do you got? What time do you got to get out of here? Uh,. 315 beautiful dude dude you blink uh, blink you blink Jesus, bro yeah been here an hour and 10 that's minutes, crazy right? but uh i'm dude i can't i can't thank you enough for coming in here especially fresh off your third professional fight which you did in style dude and i'm hella happy for you that you're starting to pop like uh i mean i'm excited to see the fame bro because no. i'm a selfish <laughs> motherfucker i'm gonna be like yeah i know that fool. i used to work out with that it's not hey look at this deal. picture that we took yeah <laughs> this is from days ago i still got that 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 uh video uh, that, that nick, nick johnson yeah. made and all that stuff uh, but no I, I appreciate you popping on here dude i'm excited to follow you dude like you're gonna i mean uh, my 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 hat goes off to you and i in my hopes and prayers that you become like everything that you're trying to become i mean if it's starting to hit i'm excited uh excited for the new contracts and and i hope you get more fights bro and you know i'm always behind you and it's uh um, pretty dope talking to a pro fighter on my podcast i'm not gonna (laughs) lie it's pretty dope so i appreciate you coming on yeah you know every time you do a big hitter you know i'm gonna be like yo bro you kind of trying to come (laughs) talk about this fight dude um 
But I mean, is there is there anything that you got going on or anything that you want to um, put in and plug and, and have people go and find you or where you're at? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's listening. You know, follow the IG. It's mm-hmm. just JJ Mariano. Mm-hmm. Google me. Watch my fights. You know, blow me up. I want to reach outside of Reno. Yeah. Blow this fool up. <laughs> you'll at least get you'll at least get California off this podcast. Hey, that's for yo, sure. OK, I appreciate know? that. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, man, shout out to you. I'm excited to talk to you again, bro. I'm excited to see the shit that you're going to do in the future. And uh, we'll tune in next time, folks. I appreciate you.